Isn't it a beautiful day out? Oh, the sun is shining. We've had some incredible worship. You're here. I'm here. Life is good. Amen? I want to just uh, remind you that, uh, guys, next week is Mother's Day. And yes, we'll probably put some Mother's Day cards in the men's bathroom. So in case you forgot, we got you covered, okay? That's what we like to do. It's always funny, whenever we put them in there and we go and look on, there's not a single card in there. But next week we're going to celebrate the women in our life. And so we have a special guest speaker that's coming in, Dr. Pastor George Stonkey. He's with Focus on the Family, and I'm really excited for you to meet him. He's a friend of mine and Lori's, and you're, you're going to be excited, and I'm so thankful that this is getting ready to happen. All right, now, just a couple things before we get started in our message. Remember, we're having snow cones afterwards in the second service, so come back. You don't want to miss that. The other thing I wanted to say to you is that normally next week is our um, Dollar Club Sunday, where we just collect a dollar from everyone, and we had a a plan of going in one direction, but we're going to pivot and go the other direction, and that's because of what happened this past week with the tornadoes that hit down in Andover. And so what we're going to do is we're going to collect the money for Dollar Club, and we're going to give all of those funds to the people that need it in Andover, okay? All right. Today we're going to be talking about how do you get strength. Now, if you're a man, I am barking up your tree. It is so funny when we come, when we talk about strength, because strength is something that's so important, and especially to men. You know how you can tell ladies? Ask them if they need help. (laughs) I can do it, I can do it. It's almost like if you ask them if you can help them, it's almost like they've just insulted you, right guys? You're carrying in a refrigerator. Do you need some help? Nope, I got this. Now, one of the things that I think is kind of funny is that, um, you know, a lot of times, guys, we give our wives a hard time whenever they come in front of a mirror. It, it's always funny. And I'm telling you, sometime I'd like to invite you all into my office because those windows on the other side are a mirror. If you could see what I see. No, we won't go there, okay? But what I want you to know is that it's not just the ladies when they go by a mirror that have to look at themselves. Oh, no, the men, I think, are worse. Today, I saw a young man, he was walking towards the window, and all of a sudden, he spotted himself. That's always a very interesting time. They straighten up, and then he did this. (laughs) I wanted to go out there so bad and say something to him, but I didn't, okay? Now, it's true, though, that, you know, strength is something that's important to us guys, Because here's the thing I want to remember. When we feel like we have strength, we don't need anybody's help, right? And one of the things that men hate about getting sick is they lose their strength. And I don't know about you, but when I feel weak, oh, I hate that feeling. But when I feel strong, I feel like I'm able to do anything. Can anybody else relate to that? And then a couple years ago, this coronavirus pandemic came in, and it kind of messed with our minds, didn't it? 
I mean, everything began to change, and it happened so quickly. Here's one of the things that happened. Did you know that in just a matter of eight months, exercise moved from the gym to the living room? Here's what I mean by that. If you were looking for a treadmill, the price for a treadmill from March to October skyrocketed 135%. If you were looking for a stationary bicycle, <laughs> forget it. You can't find one anywhere in the United States. Sales reached to the point of a, of a bicycle that there were, they depleted all the inventory. Listen to this. Even Yellowstone National Park recorded the highest amount of walkers or hikers in 50 years at Yellowstone Park. But it not only affected that, but it also affected the stock markets. Peloton, you heard of that? Their stock went up 400% in eight months. But there was another industry by the name of Tonal, T-O-N-A-L, Tonal. It was a strength and conditioning set that attached to a wall. In eight months, it went up 700% in the stock market. Now, I don't know about you, but the question I think that everybody asks is, what in the world was going on? Well, you know what? We started caring about our health a little bit more, didn't we? But here's what people began to think about and realize. Strength equals health. When you feel strong, you feel healthy. So let me ask you a question. So how do you get strong? How do you get stronger? Well, I asked one of our best fitness directors who goes to church here now, and he's a Genesis young, young man. Listen to what he says about how you build strength. I'm 2021 personal trainer of the year, and Pastor Bob asked me how we build strength in the muscle. Um, I just got done working out, so this is perfect. Um, so one of the simplest ways we can build strength um, is through forcing a high amount of tension or a stressful stimulus onto the body, um, and then the body requires change in order to um, overtake that stimulus and be better and more efficient um, with that stimulus moving forward. So the tension itself creates adaptation, um, and this adaptation therefore makes you stronger. I guess. I gave him a hard time and I thought, Missouri? <laughs> anyway, we won't go there. But you hear what Tiger said? Tiger said that the more stress, the more that we, can, the, that we can put on the muscle, the strain that we put on the muscle, that's what changes the chemistry of the muscle. Now, I want to talk to you about today is that as much as I'd like to tell you, if you want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, that's not what this message is about. But whenever we hear that word strength, we right away go to this physical strength that is so important to us. But what I want you to know and what I want to talk about today is this. I want to talk the strength that has to come to you from the inside. I want to talk to you about how you get the strength when you are exhausted, when you are emotionally depleted and you have nowhere to go and you have come to the end of your rope. Can anybody relate to that? Did you know that Jesus needed strength? In the Bible, in the book of Luke, the Bible talks about that Herod was a threat to Jesus. There were a group of Pharisees that came up to Jesus and they were trying to scare him and to keep him from doing what he was doing. 
And you know what they said to him? They said, hey, Jesus, Herod's out to kill you. And Jesus calls him a fox. He says, you tell that old fox that I'm going to be healing. I'm going to be getting rid of demons out of casting out demons in people's lives. And on the third day, I'm going to reach my goal. But then he says these words, I must keep going. The Apostle Paul said the same thing. Did you know that? In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he talks about how he's perplexed and how he's just weighed down on all sides. But even in the midst of all of this, he says this. He says, I must keep going to get the goal, to get to the goal, the prize that Christ has for me. So my friends, if Jesus and the Apostle Paul needed this strength, Shouldn't you and I be encouraged and learn from how they received this strength? Because both Jesus and the Apostle Paul got their strength from the same place. It was from God. And my friends, our strength comes from God. It doesn't come from the outside in, but like peace, our strength comes from the inside out And that's what I want to focus on today. So would you please stand with me out of respect for God's word. And I'm going to read from 1 Samuel chapter 30. And I'm just going to read verse 6. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in in his spirit because of his sons and daughters But David found strength in the Lord his God. This is God's word for God's people. Let's pray together. Father, strengthen me by the power of your spirit so that I might be able to accomplish what you have planned for me to do since the beginning of time. And I pray this believing and trusting in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. One day, I was at my grandparents' house in Wentworth, South Dakota. My grandfather handed me a bottle of pop. I grabbed the bottle of pop, and I headed outside because I was going to drink it outside. As I was walking out the door, he said to me these words, Bobby, do you need some help with that pop? No, Grandpa, I got it. I can do it. I can do it. I went outside, and I was going to drink the bottle of pop. Well, back in those days, remember that Pop didn't have twist-off caps. You needed a bottle opener, right? But I don't know about you, but we learned how to open those bottles without a bottle opener, right? You find something that is sharp on the corner, like an end table, (laughs) and you just hit the top of the cap, and it pops right off, right? Well, I didn't have an end table, and I needed some help. So I went back into the house, and there was my grandfather, and he was standing there waiting for me with a bottle opener there. We used to call call them church keys. I don't know why, but that's what I learned, okay? So I asked him, I said, Grandpa, would you open my bottle of pop? He took the bottle of pop, and he opened it with the opener, and then he handed it back to me. And I said, thank you. And I turned around, and I made a beeline for outside, when in mid-stride, he said to me, he says, Bobby, it doesn't mean you're weak if you have to ask for help. Okay, Grandpa. And I turned around and I headed out the door. But before I got out the door, and he said to me one last thing. He said, Bobby, he said, it means you're weak, 
when you know you need help and you're afraid to ask. I've never forgotten those words. And so I want to ask you this morning. So do you need help this morning? And what it is that you're going through in your life right now, are you at the end of your rope? Are you exhausted? Have you come to a point in your life where it takes a great effort for you even just to look up? If that's you, then today's message is for you. David is in Ziklag. David is in Ziklag because the king of the Philistines, King Achish, had given him the city of Ziklag for him to call his own. But David's not there by himself. He has 600 men who are following him. And with the men came their families. What I want you to understand is these men and families are totally dependent upon David. So here's what you need to know. David has been now in Ziklag 14 months, the Bible tells us. And here's what he's been doing. He has been going to and fro to the Amalekites and the Gerzites and some of these different people, and he's been, he's been raiding them, and he's been killing all of them. He's destroyed everything because, you know what? Dead men can't talk. And then he would come back, and he would bring back all of the loot, and then that's how the people lived. King Achish, whenever they would get together, King Achish would say to him, so David, where have you been lately? And he would tell him, I've been in the land of the Israelites, and I've been raiding towns and villages, and I've been bringing them back. And what happened was is he was gaining the trust of this Philistine leader. One day, Israel, the Hebrews, had lined up in war against the Philistines, their nemesis. And David and his 600 men got in line behind the Philistines. King Achish saw David and he was pleased because he knew that David was so angry with the Israelites, with the Hebrews, that he and his raiding men could be used in this battle against his own brothers. But some of the generals of the Philistines saw David and his brothers and said, ah, not going to happen. There is no way that David and his men are going to fight this battle against the Hebrews because in their minds they thought they'll start fighting us from behind and they were very wise. So the Bible tells us that King Achash went to David and he said, you need to take your guys, you need to go back home. And so that's what David does. David and his men, they head back home to Ziklag. But something happens when they get to the hill leading to Ziklag, they noticed that the city is burning. Not just a little fire, but the entire city is burning. Let's pick up the story there. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now, the Amalekites had raided the Negev at Ziklag. Now, remember the Amalekites, okay? The Amalekites, oh, this was a people that God had a problem with. These were the people that remember when the Hebrews, when they came out of Egypt, they attacked them from behind. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it and had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. 
They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking about stoning him. What happened here? Everything backfired on David. His own men are ready to stone him. Why? Because all of their families had been taken captive. Now, what I want to say to you this morning is, what's the real issue here? Here's the real issue. Write this down. David is on the wrong side. Did you hear that? He's on the wrong side. He's not supposed to be on the Philistine side. He's supposed to be on the Israelite side with his Hebrew brothers. But what's he doing? He's running from Saul. And as he is running from Saul, he's also running from God. You know what David is saying? I can do it. I can do it. I can do it on my own. And now he gets to a place where he can't do it on his own any longer. And you know what? He needs help. I just want to say to you this morning, is that you? Are you running from God? Is there something that you're going through right now in your life that has a hold and has a grip on you? Is there a reason why you have been ignoring God? Is there a reason why you're not talking to him? Is there a reason why communication has broke down between you? Have you been saying to him, I got, I got this, I don't need your help. I want you to realize right away, if that's you, hear me, you're on the wrong side. Now let's go on. Here's the first thing I want you to learn from this, okay? If you want to find strength in the Lord, you first have to admit you need his help. I'm going to say that again. If you want to find strength in the Lord, you first have to admit you need his help. You need to call out to him. You need to cry out to him. But here's what I want you to remember. Don't allow your weakness, don't allow what you've just done to keep you from going back to God. Swallow your pride. Life is too important. Relationships are too important. Don't allow where you are to keep you from going after God. Well, let's learn and see what did David do. What did David do when he knew he was outside of God's perfect will? What did he do? Here's what he did. Look at this. Psalm 42, verse 5. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. What's David doing here? He's rebuking himself. He's having a man-to-man, a one-on-one talking. David and David. And maybe that's what you need to have right now. I can just picture David. In today's world, he would be staring into his bathroom mirror. And as he knows that God is coming after him because he understands and realizes that all this time he's been away from God, he's been on the other side, he looks at himself in the eyes and he says, David, you should know better than this. You know you can't run from God. You've tried this over and over again. Have you forgotten all those nights 
when we were out in the shepherd's fold all by ourselves, do you remember that night that lion came out? Or do you remember the night that those bears came out of the woods? Do you remember the wolves? And do you remember how God was with you? Oh, yeah. And do you remember not too long ago when the Goliath, that big old goof, was calling out against your God? Do you remember what God did with you and in you and through you? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Because of that, here's what David did. Take a look at this. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because his sons and daughters. But look at this, next verse. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Did you hear that, people? Where did David find strength? It wasn't in a bottle. It wasn't on a computer screen. He found strength in the Lord. Whose God? His God. And that's the thing that we all need to remember. We find our strength just like Jesus, just like Paul, just like David and who? The Lord, my God. He's my God. Maybe you need to go back that walk down memory lane and you need to remember all the times that God showed up in your life. And you need to grab yourself by the tie or maybe by the bootstrap to say, you remember what happened. And you remember how God showed up. But even in the midst of the fact that David was threatened to be stoned by his people, what did he do? He found his strength in the Lord, his God. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened, but this happened, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but God who raises the dead. Here's what I want you to hear, loud and clear, okay? Whatever you're going through right now, whatever the circumstance, what is, whatever the health issue, whatever the financial issue, whatever the emotional, whatever it is that you may be going through right now, it may be cancer, maybe you got something that you never thought you would get. Maybe, maybe God is using this circumstance to turn you back to him. Do you remember what the apostle Paul did? He had a thorn in his flesh, right? And what did he do? He did what any person would do. He asked God to remove it. And what did God say to him? Nope. Why? He said, because my grace is sufficient for you. And that's what God says to all of us. Whatever you're going through, God tells us, my grace is all you need. Now, here's something else I want you to understand about this verse that I think is absolutely amazing. The fact that God has given you a thorn tells us that he has given you a platform. He gave this thorn to you. He gave this thorn to fall to keep him humble. But what? Humble from what? Because Paul went and preached the gospel all over the world almost. And if God has given you a thorn in your side, I want you to know, my dear friend in Christ, you are favored. I know you're looking at me, oh yeah, easy for you to say. 
Maybe you've got cancer. Maybe you've got all, but I want you to know that God has given you a platform. A platform for what? A platform to be used by him to touch the lives of people who are hurting and who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Let's go on. Here's the second thing that you need to remember. You can't be afraid to pray big prayers. Let me just kind of give you a couple things. These are not in your notes, but I'm going to give them to you free, no charge. Here's the first one. In Psalm, excuse me, in Lamentations 2, verse 19, listen to these words here. Arise, cry out in the night. As the watches of the night begin, pour out your heart like water in the presence of the Lord. You know what God wants you to do in the midst of your troubles? Cry out to him. Tell him about them. Lord, I'm exhausted. Lord, I'm scared. Lord, I'm tired. I don't have the strength to go through this anymore. You tell him exactly what you're feeling and what you're going through. And here's what happens. When you come to the end of yourself, God will show up. And he will strengthen you in a way that you never thought possible. I know what that feels like. Because I've been through it, just like you. I remember when I got diagnosed with COVID. I'll never forget that day. That night I went to bed. I had been hurt from the doctor over and over again. Because of your diabetes, you can't get COVID. And I'm going to be really honest with you. When I got it, I was thought, I wonder if this is my end. You know what happened in the middle of the night? I was afraid. And I was filled with fear. But I got up. And I opened God's word. And I want to tell you something. I let God have it. I asked him questions. I did not question him. There's a difference. I asked him questions and I gave him everything that I was feeling on my heart. And just like I'm talking to you, I could hear his voice in my spirit say, I know, Bob. I know what you've been told. I know you're afraid, but I want you to know you've come to the right place. And I'm going to give you strength. And I want to tell you something. All my fear went away. And I never had that fear again. Why? Because I cried out to the Lord my God. I want to show you something here. Okay, In Acts chapter 9, we have the story of the apostle Paul. Okay, His name is Saul, and we hear his conversion. Watch something here that just jumps off the pages. Watch this. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying. Okay, Now remember, this is Saul. He's blind right now. The Lord has encountered him, and he's wondering what in the world is going on. He's praying. Now watch what happens here. Immediately, he preached Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. Then all who heard were amazed and said, is this not he who destroyed those who called on his name in Jerusalem and has come here for that purpose, so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? 
But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that Jesus is the Christ. Now, I want you just to look at that word, strength. Everybody see it? But Saul increased all the more in, what's the word? Strength. Paul loves this word. And he uses it 85 different times in his writings. But here's what I need you to understand. The strength that Paul is talking about here is not the strength you get from a good night's sleep. It's not the strength that you get from eating healthy and eating all the right foods. It's not the strength that you get that lasts only momentary. What he's talking about here is this. He's talking about a supernatural strength. A strength that you don't have unless it comes from God. It's the strength that allows you to be a witness for God like never before. It's a strength that allows you to explain the word of God like you've never explained it before in your terms. It's a strength that allows you to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Paul says, that's the kind of strength that I'm looking for, and that's the kind of supernatural strength that is available to us because the one who is strength lives within us. I want you just to think about this for a moment, okay? Sometimes God changes our circumstances. But most of the times, he changes us in the circumstance. Can I get an amen on that one? Isn't it the truth how you've been walking through a circumstance and you're saying, God, take this away from me? But the more you pray, what happens? God changes your prayer, doesn't it? In the being, you're praying, God, take this from me. I don't, I, don't, I don't want this. To the end, you're saying, you know what, Lord? If this is what I have, it must be your plan, and I'm good with it. Let's go forward. Just give me your strength. Now, I don't know about you, but the way that I've learned to get strength is I ask God. And I ask him all the time. Oh, there's Bob again. What's he at? He's praying for strength. <laughs> I go into a meeting. God, give me strength. I go into, a, into a, 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 um, some other type of one-on-one conversation. Lord, give me strength. Give me wisdom. Give me strength. It's the constant prayer that's on the tip of my tongue all day long. And here's why. Because when I read the Bible, strength characterizes God's people. Right? David killed Goliath. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego endured the furnace. Daniel was in the lion's den. Elijah defeated 450 prophets. And my favorite one is this, Caleb. Caleb was a spy when they went into the, to the, to the, to the promised land and they spied out and there were giants and all of them saying, and everybody was saying, no, no, but what was Caleb was saying was this, we can do it, we can do it, we can do it. That's how you get strength. You believe in God and you trust in him. Here's the third thing you need to do. We're about done. You have to trust him. All right, you have to trust him. Now here's what I want you to understand. By trusting him, what you need to understand and learn to do is you need to learn to wait on God. You need to understand, you need to learn what it means to wait on God. Take a look at this. I am counting on the Lord. Yes, I am counting on him. I have put my hope in his what? Word. Do you realize the key 
to finding strength in God is his word. His word gives you the strength that you need. That's why it's so important to have that word in us. But here's what I want you to understand. When you wrap yourself around God's word, when you put God's word in you, here's what it means. It means literally that what you're saying is this, morning's coming. Good Friday was a black Friday, right? But you know how we went through Good Friday? Because we knew Easter morning's coming, right? And that's what God's word does for you. How many of you have issues with what you're going through at nighttime? That's Satan's favorite time to attack, isn't it? And it seems like everything he attacks us with gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But then you just bring God's word into it. And remember when you bring God into it, a prayer is just simply transferring the burden that you have and you're transferring him. The morning you wake up, it's like, that's nothing. Isn't that the truth? And that's what God is telling us. When we get in his word and we wrap ourselves in his word, it's like all of us remembering, I'm not worried about this. Why? Because morning is coming. The joy is coming. I can go through what I'm going through because heaven is coming. That's my home. Now watch. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. All right, let me ask you something. So how do you get the strength? How do you mount up wings like eagles? How do you run and not be weary? How do you walk and not be faint? What does the very first phrase tell us? But those who what? Wait. You've got to wait on the Lord. No, that's not what I mean. You need to understand what that word wait means. I just learned this this week, and so I'm excited, so I'm going to share with you, okay? The word wait actually means to be intertwined with. And the picture that it gives us is that if you have an extension of hair and you want to put it in in your own hair, you intertwine that hair with your hair. And you know what happens? It creates strength. It's almost like hairspray. How many of you use hairspray this morning? The rest of you, you should have. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, okay? But here's what I want you to say. Why do you put hairspray on? To hold it. To hold it. And to keep it firm. And that's what God is telling us. My word helps you stand firm. And nothing can move you when I am with you. Because when I am with you, you can't have anxiety. You can't have worry. You can't have fear. So when you wait on the Lord, you stand firm in his word. Now remember this. Sarah waited for a baby right? Joseph waited in prison. And the disciple waited for the Holy Spirit, right? But here's what I want you to remember. As Sarah, as Joseph, as the disciples waited on the Lord, he renewed them with a supernatural strength. This is the strength that Arnold Schwarzenegger can't even compete with. 
This is that supernatural strength that comes from God. Here's the next thing. You have to encourage others with the strength you've been given. Look at this scripture verse. Then David came to the 200 men who had been too exhausted to follow him, who were left behind in Besor Valley. You see, David then went after all the women and the children. They came out to meet David with the men when with him. As David and his men approached, he asked them how they were. You see, there were 200 that said they were too tired, so David said, go ahead and stay here. But all of the evil men and the troublemakers among David's followers said, because they did not go out with us, we will not share with them the plunder we covered. Whoo, that tells you, boy, that kind of sounds like the church, doesn't it? Doesn't it? However, each man may take his wife and children and go. But David replied, no, my brothers, you must not do that with what the Lord has given us. He gave credit to who it belongs to. He has protected us and delivered into our hands the raiding party that came against us. Who will listen to what you say? The share of the man who stayed with the supplies is to be the same as that of him who went down to the battle, and all will share alike. Here's what David is telling us. With whatever it is the experience or the circumstance that you're going through or have gone through, share it with others. There are people in this room, there are people who are watching online that need to hear your story. They're looking for hope. They're looking for encouragement. And God is sending that, but he's doing it through you. I hear people say all the time, oh, nobody wants to hear my story. I'm not going to tell my story. It's no big deal. No, you need to tell that story because you're the miracle that somebody else has been praying for. That's the body of Christ. The body of Christ comes alongside of one another, and what do we do? We encourage one another with our own battle stories. And I don't know about you, but you know what? People who have had COVID, I feel like I have a bond with. You know why? Because we went through the same thing. People who have gone through a divorce, they have a bond with other people who have divorced. Why? Because they went through the same thing. And here's what the Lord is telling us. You've all fallen short. You've all made mistakes. You've all fallen flat on your face. So use it to encourage one another and let them see what forgiveness looks like. Here's the last one. Finally, rejoice. Okay, look at these words. But you are holy and thrown in the praises of Israel. When you're going through a difficult time and you want strength, you know what the Bible tells us? Worship. Because God inhabits, he sits in, he dwells upon the worship, the praises of his people. And so Pastor George is going to come up and we are going to practice this in our lives. We are going to worship God, and as we worship, we're going to experience the strength that only can come from Him. So I want you to stand up, but before we go into this, I want to remind you of one other thing real quickly. Here's what it is. Somebody else in this room is watching you.
as you leave, but before you leave, I want to give you the benediction, but one last thing I just want to say to you, okay? If there's somebody here today that God grabbed a hold of your heart, and you're not sure how you can get this strength, but you need it badly, you need it desperately, I want you to walk out to our starting point there. We've got some people that are there waiting for you. And all they're going to do is they're going to pray with you, and they're going to pray for you, and they're going to give you some direction. And then they're going to follow up with you. But this is the beginning of a new journey for you. Let's pray. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance and give you his peace, his joy, and his strength. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week.